precious faith you know before we're seated I'd, I guess I'll say a little something about 2020 uh, I suppose it's been a very different year for sure uh, with all the things brought on by COVID-19 and probably not one we would have signed up for if we'd have been given multiple choice I'll take the one without the pandemic thanks it's kind of where I would have went with my choice for many people, I'm sure it's been a very difficult year. I don't doubt that. But I think what we've learned through the years is that trials and tribulations and hardships don't care what the calendar says. You know, they can hit your home even if the world says they're having a great year. Bad times can strike us. Bad times can, can show up. But, you know, folks tend to act like it's the worst year that's ever been on the face of the earth because of COVID. And I suppose... That would be true if you'd never lived in any other period of history. Because just a little perspective, I was looking at some things today and I saw that in the year 542, the Justinian plague killed 25 million people. The Black Death of 1350 killed 200 million people. The flu pandemic of 1918 killed between 30 and 50 million people. And these are pandemics that affected everyone, Christians, non-Christians alike. But as I thought about that, I also believe that we as Christians shouldn't so easily forget what those who have gone before us have gone through for the sake of the faith, for the cause of the faith. Many times we, we speak of persecution and we speak of hard times and we don't even know what we're talking about. I suppose bad times are all relative to what time period you live in. But Brother Branham would say, we are told that the church was progressing all the time under persecution. I crossed the river and went into Rome and I went down to the San Angelo's catacomb and while going through the catacombs and seeing the tombs where the bodies had been buried of the people that had died under persecution and the corners was little short graves. Those were the babies. As I stood there, my heart was moved and I raised my hands up to God. I said, God be merciful. The gladiator said thumbs down, but I'm saying hands up, raise them up, oh God, in triumph at that last day. For you promised you would do it. That precious faith of the early church that was pure gold, said the Bible, tried in the fire. And how they would open the pits of that great arena, setting like that, only in the bleachers as we call it. And the great massive place down here, and they would burn them to the stake. They would open the doors and traps of the hungry lions and tigers. They would rush forth on a praying bunch of Christians and just drag them from bone to bone. And the faith of those people stood firm. And in the midst of all that, the church grew mightier all the time. In the midst of all that, look, sure, 2020 isn't a year that we'd like to relive. 2020 hasn't been a great year, as some people might would say, but it wasn't a year that should have shook us. 
It wasn't a year that should have brought anxiety or should have brought fear or things upon us. Sure, we've seen trials and we've seen struggles in the year 2020, but I'd like to stand here and say that the year 2020 was a year of miracles. The year 2020 was a year of salvation, a year of healing, and a year of deliverance. It was a time we walked through hardships, but we can look back and say he walked right beside us every single step of the way. He didn't leave us. He didn't forsake us. He's been there all along. And he's going to be there in the morning when you wake up in 2021. And whatever comes our way then, he's going to be right there. Because he promised he would never leave us. He promised he would never forsake us. Sure, 2020 saw Satan unleash a pandemic to influence governments and political powers and to be the focal point of some of his last day schemes. And yet the bride grew stronger. Our faith rooted deeper, our love for him magnified, and our trust in him solidified. 2020, we found him true and we have found him faithful because it's in the darkest times that Jesus shows up. And it's in those times that the greatest victories are won. So despite our difficulties, despite our losses, and despite Satan's best efforts, 2020 was a year of victory for God's people. It was a year of overcoming. It was a year of taking another step forward. It was another step closer home. So today I say 2020 wasn't that bad. I grew closer to the Lord in 2020 because of some of the hardships I went through. If you grew closer to the Lord this year, then it wasn't a failure. It was a great year. It was an awesome year. And all things work together for good to them that love the Lord. And before we go to the Bible, I'd like to read this quote from Brother Branham, just in case I forget to do it later. He says, and now beginning a new year, I want to say, not happy new year to you. I want to say this to you. God bless you. And if he does that, that's all you'll have need of for the coming year. And I trust that he will. I trust that God's blessings be upon you and your family as we head into this new year. Amen. We're going to go to the word now and we're going to look in the book of Esther, the second chapter in the 15th verse. Thank you. We will be reading a lot of scriptures tonight, mostly from the book of Esther. We'll go through a majority of the book this evening, and we'll do some skipping around. But we're going to start right here in chapter 2, verse 15, and it says, Now when the turn of Esther, the daughter of Abihel, the uncle of Mordecai, who had taken her for his daughter, was come to go in unto the king, she required nothing but what Haggai, the king's chamberlain, the keeper of the women appointed. And Esther obtained favor in the sight of all them that looked upon her. So Esther was taken in unto the king Ahasuerus into his house royal in the tenth month, which is the month to Beth, in the seventh year of his reign. And the king loved Esther above all the women, and she obtained grace and favor in his sight more than all the virgins, so that he set the royal crown upon her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. We're also going to look over in Revelation, the third chapter. Revelation, the third chapter, we're going to read a couple of verses there. We'll start in verse 11. Revelation 3, verse 11. It says, Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Skip to verse 14. And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, 
These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Let's go to him now. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you in this last service of the year 2020. Lord, we just want to give you thanks for all that you've done for us in the year, Lord, the miracles that we've seen, the healings we've seen, Lord, and all that you've done. Lord, truly, we see your hand upon our lives, Lord. We've been a favored people. Lord, we just want to say thank you. Lord, many things may change in the coming year, but if there's one thing that I want to remain constant and one thing I want to remain the same is that you're going to hold our hand and lead us through, Lord, just like you did this year. Lord, because you promised you'd never leave us, you'd never forsake us. Lord, I just ask now for these next few moments of time that we're together, Lord, that you'll anoint my lips and you'll anoint this service. And, Lord, that you'll speak to the hearts of your people. Lord, I'm just asking you to come in a special way now, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may have your seats. The last two times that we spoke here, we spoke about favor. And the first time we spoke, we spoke about an angel coming to Mary to tell her that she was highly favored. And, and we went on with that and talked about how we also have received an angelic visitation with a message telling us that we are highly favored people. And then in the next one, we went and we spoke um, another part of that favored through your trials. And we dealt with how circumstances of life do not change favor that God gives us. We found that Job was favored in his trials and that Ruth was favored through her trials. And you tonight, no matter what you faced or what you're going to face, you are highly favored of Almighty God. And tonight, what we're going to, to title this, what we're going to speak on is favored to speak. Favored to speak. As Christians, I believe that God's favor is everything to us. I believe that, it, that, that we strive to attain his favor. We should strive to walk daily in the favor that he gives us. Because without his favor, we, we can't make it. Without his favor, we're nothing. Without his favor, we would surely fail. And he shows us his favor in many different ways. He showed you favor when he came and died on the cross for you. He showed us you favor when he forgave all your sins and he forgave all your trespasses. And he shows us favor when he heals the sick, when he saves the lost, when he delivers the bound, when he does those things. That's God's favor in our lives. It's God's favor when he blesses your daily life, when he blesses your finances. Anything that you receive from him is God's favor upon your life. And it's very important that we recognize that this is God's favor. And we don't take these things for granted, but we recognize where the blessings come from. And we give God the thanks and praise that he deserves for that favor. It was great favor that he sent us a message in this day. Many times maybe we forget to give God thanks for that. But we want to say thank you, Lord, for sending a message. Thank you for sending a light that brought us out of darkness. Thank you for the word of the hour. That was God's favor in our life. And it is a great step, and it's an important step to accept God's favor that he has given you. When he offers you favor, yes, that must be accepted. In order to, to operate from the position of authority that we have been given in this day, we must recognize, first and foremost, that he has favored us. 
Uh, you're never going to get to that place where you can operate there as long as you're wallowing in your past mistakes, as long as you're worried about whether or not I'm good enough, as long as you're worried about your own unworthiness and constantly speaking the devil's language. You're never going to be able to operate from the position of authority that God is wanting you to operate from in this last day. But you have to come to the point where you accept what the atonement has done for you. You have to get to the point where you judge the lamb as being worthy and it was worthy enough to take away your sins. It was worthy enough to take away your stains. It was worthy enough to take away every mistake and wash it away and make it white as snow. We judge the lamb worthy tonight. We look at the atonement. It was worthy tonight so we can quit looking unto ourselves and we can begin to look at what God's done for us. And when we get to that point, we can begin to operate where he wants us to operate from. When you accept what the atonement has done for you. However, that is not the end of it. See, many people get there and they stop. They see that they've been called. They, they hear that they've been favored. They see that they are forgiven and they accept that. And that's the extent of it. And then, and then life goes on. And then life happens and then they go to work and that's the end. Are you saved? Yes, I'm saved. And that's the end of it. That's as far as they ever progress. But there must be a continual seeking. There is a continual walk, a continual, Lord, I want your favor. Lord, I want more of you. Lord, pour out yourself greater in my life today. Yes, I've been filled, but Lord, I need a re refilling. This must be a daily occurrence, a daily seeking, seeking to where we esteem his favor higher than anything else that we're seeking in our lives. We must esteem his favor higher than earthly possessions and earthly goods and earthly things that we would try to attain to in our lives. It cannot be that it just becomes so common to us to where we just expect it to be so. We just expect God's favor. We just expect it because I'm called. He chose me. So I expect that favor. I can't get to that point of, well, I believe God sent a prophet. I live a clean life. I profess this message. So I know I'm all right. I live a good life. I've been called to be the bride. I, I'm going in a rapture. That's what the message told me. God called me and he chose me. So now I'm just going to go through life. Now I'm just going to progress through life. And what happens is that that place you accepted his favor ends up being way back there somewhere. It begins to be a million miles away from you. And you're not continually walking in his favor daily. You're not walking and seeking what he has for you daily. So you go after life and you, sure, I'm saved. Yeah, I accept the message. And, and now I'm chasing after my career. Now I'm chasing after earthly accomplishments. Now yeah, yeah, I, I come to church almost all the time. I'm there almost every service. But where is the seeking? Where, where, where is the persevering? Where is the pushing through? Where is the, the, the crying out to God? God, I need more of you. My family needs more of you. Listen, I know may, maybe my life is the only one that's not perfect, but I know there's probably enough problems in that house tonight that there ought to be a crying out. There ought to be a pushing through. There ought to be a sincerity of God. I need you to move in my life. God, I need you tomorrow. Thank you for bringing us through 2020. Thank you for what you did in 2020, but I need you tonight and I need you in the morning. I'm going to need you the next day. God, I'm asking you to give me your favor again right now. Where's the sincerity to know him more? Where is the sincerity to please him better? What is your will, Lord, for this situation? Lord, what is your will, Lord, in my life? Not ho-hum, well, God bless, I believe the message. I'm predestinated, so I know that it's all just going to work itself out because I believe in predestination. 
See, what you, that, that's the language of someone who has began to take the favor of God for granted. That is someone who it has become common to. That is someone who doesn't recognize what a treasure it is. You're not holding on to it tight enough. You're not seeking after it hard enough. You're not desperate enough for you. And so the scripture cries out and he says, hold fast that which you have. Hold on to it. Let another man come and take your crown. Hold fast. It's something that you cherish. It's something that you long for. It's something that you have to have. His favor is to be honored. His favor is to be sought after more than any earthly possession because without his favor, you and I are nothing. Without his favor, we are not on speaking terms with him. When you're not in his favor, you don't have the ability to come directly to his throne and speak to him for the need that presently is facing you in your life. We must get to the place where there is nothing I want more than God's favor. There is nothing I want more today than God's favor in my life. There's nothing I want more than to please him. But what if it don't please your family? What if it don't please your work? What if it don't please us? There's nothing I want more than to please Almighty God in 2021. There's nothing I want more than to take another step closer to him in the coming year. There's nothing I want more than for him to mold me into what he wants me to be and not what I want to be. And there's no doubt that we can look around just every day, every one of us, regardless of the place you find yourself tonight, you can look around and you can see his favor in your life. He chose us. He called us. He gave us unmerited grace. He gave us un unmerited favor. We are blessed tonight beyond all measure. And even though it is freely given, and even though it is already ours, God wants us to continually seek after it with our whole heart. He wants us to seek him with our whole heart, and that's when we find him. That's when we grow closer to him. That's when we progress in God. This isn't just for the initial seeking of salvation or just for someone seeking a healing or someone just seeking after the baptism of the Holy Ghost, although that would apply. But this would be Monday through whatever day. This would be every day of the week, every day of the month, every day of the coming year that you seek after God with your whole heart. Every day, continually. God, I have to have you. Lord, I want to please you. Show me where I've been wrong, Lord. Lord, I'm willing to repent. Lord, I'm willing to say I'm wrong. That's one of the hardest things for people to do, say they're wrong. But we're in the age of Laodicea where the zeal of the hour is to repent. If you see where you're wrong, it's too late to play games. It's too late for pride. It's too late to say that's the way I am. It's too late. The rapture is right around the corner. The coming of the Lord is almost upon us. We're turning the calendar once again. How many more times will we turn it? It's too late. Repent where you fall short. Each and every one of us have to repent and say, God, in the coming year, may I be more like you. I need your favor, Lord, in my life. We see in the first book of Esther... The king of Hazarus is having a great feast. And it goes through in the first few verses and it describes how for many days he showed the glory of his kingdom. It was a mighty banquet and it was lavish with gold and silver utensils and cups and plates and forks and everything I guess you would have or need at a banquet. Fine linens were brought out, tables and pillars of marble. The most expensive, probably the most amazing, most wonderful kingdom on the earth at that time. And he was showing off his kingdom. He was having people come in and he was showing that basically that's the way we're used. He was showing off. Look what I have. Look how wonderful my kingdom is. Look at all the riches. Look at all the splendor. Look at all this. 
And yet towards the end, he wants to show off what he considers to be the real beauty of his kingdom. He wants to show off what his real pride and joy is. He wants to show off what he is more proud of than any utensil, of any pillar, any marble, any material possession. And it's his wife. It's Queen Vashti. And he wants to show her off. And we're going to look in Esther 1 and verse 9. And it says, Also Vashti the queen made a feast for the women in the royal house which belonged to King Ahasuerus. On the seventh day, when the heart of the king was merry with wine, he commanded Mahuman, Bistha, Harbona, Bigtha, and Abagtha, Zetha, Carcass, and seven chamberlains that served in the presence of Ahasuerus the king, to bring Vashti the queen before the king with the crown royal, to show the people and the princes her beauty. This wasn't to make a show. This wasn't punishment. He was proud of her. He was proud of her. And he, bring, he brings her in to show the, the princess her beauty, for she was fair to look on. Verse 12. But the queen Vashti refused to come at the king's commandment by his chamberlains. Therefore was the king very wroth, and his anger burned in him. This is his queen. This is the love of his life. This is the one he wants nothing more than bestow honor upon. He wants to bestow great honors upon her. He wants people to recognize this is one that I love more than any other. This is one who had found favor in the eyes of the king. She has to know how furious this is going to make him. She has to know this does not please the king. She has to know. And yet before we throw pitchforks, how many times do we do things that we have to know would not be pleasing to God? Maybe it's not sinful. Maybe it's not something that's going to send you to hell. But the question is, is this pleasing to the king? Is this something he would want me to do? Is this something he would take glory in? Is this something that he would proudly point to you and go, this is my queen. This is my wife. Look at the way she conducts herself. Look at the way she operates. He has, she has to know this is going to anger him. She has to know this is going to displease him. He only wants to show her beauty. He's so proud of her. He wants to honor her. But she has now taken her position for granted. She knows she has the king's favor. He chose me. He called me. He put me in a position of authority. Well, Brother Aaron, I know he called me. I know he chose me. I know he loves me. Well, that's an awesome place to be in. You're exactly where Vashti was. Called, chosen, favored. It's exactly where she was sitting. It's who she was. She was chosen. Look, it's not like she made herself queen. It's not like she said, I'm going to be the queen of Persia. Okay, deal. There you go. No, of all the women in the entire world, the king had chosen her. She was a chosen people. She was a chosen person. Listen, the Methodist, the Baptist, the Pentecostal, they've all sat in Vashti's seat. They've all sat in that exact same spot. They were favored. They heard the message of the hour. They were called. And yet there came a time for them to go to his banquet. There came a time for them to progress and for him to pour out more of himself upon them, for him to give them more revelation, for him to say, this is my bride, I'm proud of her. And yet they refused to come. They refused to come. There was a further revealing of the word that was to happen. 
A time where God wanted to honor his people, pour himself out more than ever before. It was the hour for further revealing. And he called for them. But they wouldn't move. Because they had become comfortable where they were. They had become confident in their position. We're called. We're chosen. And we're favored. Those people were called out. We like to say we're, we're, we're called out. We've been called out. But at one point they were called out. At one point they were the chosen. But something hindered them. Something stopped them. Somewhere along the way they quit seeking his favor. Somewhere along the way his word didn't matter and what their word said mattered. Somewhere along the way pleasing him wasn't as important as having a big church and a big congregation. Somewhere along the way they quit seeking after his favor. There came a point where seeking his will and seeking his favor is no longer a priority because they were taking it for granted. We are the church. We're the ones that God's blessing has been poured out upon. And so Vashti is no longer interested in seeking his favor because she's content right where she's at. She's developed a sense of importance. God help us never to get to that place where we get some sense of arrogance or pride because well, we're the bride and God called us. You're not the first ones to be called. You're not the first ones to be called out. You're not the first ones to receive a message. And if you don't take this message and take a rapture, you're no different than the ones called before you. If it doesn't rapture you, what difference is there between you and the ones called before you? If you don't finish the race, what difference is there? So don't get yourself puffed up, but recognize if I'm anything, it's because he called me. If I'm anything, it's because of his grace. If I'm anything, it's because of his favor. And if I ever want to be anything, I'm going to have to stay in that favor. I'm going to seek his favor each and every day. She develops a sense of importance. I'm the queen. I was chosen. He showed me favor. And it begins to cause her to value her own thinking and ideas as if they have some type of importance. Just like many today, my ideas, my way. I'll accept it when I want to, my way, my time, when I want. But it's not your way. It's not when you want. We forget God has a way. He has a provided way and God has a will. And if we're to be his bride, if we're to be his queen, then his will must be our will. His, his way must be our way. What he chooses must be what we delight in. We must seek after him at all times. It's not our way, our thinking. That's what gets you one left behind. That's what gets the, the crown taken from you. That's why he says, hold fast that what you have. Cherish it. Cherish it. Seek after it. Hold on to it like you've never held on to anything before. Because we can't be lukewarm about his word and then expect to gain his favor when we come before him. He's calling you to a banquet. And he's saying, I want to give you more. I want to fill you more. I want you to experience more. I want to show you even more than what I've already done. I want to favor you even more than what I've already done. Look, he's calling to give you more in 2021. He's wanting to fill you more in 2021. He's calling Evening Light Tabernacle to more in the year 2021. Can you respond or are you too busy? Will you hear the call? Will you answer the call? Do you have time for it? Are you in the middle of something you have going on? Look, we spend way too much time seeking favor in other places. Seeking favor from different people. Seeking favor from our family or seeking favor from friends or seeking favor from bosses. 
And yet the whole time God's sitting there trying to give you his favor, trying to call you to his banquet, trying to pour out a blessing upon your life, saying, I want to give you more. I want to give you more. And yet we don't value it. There's no value to it. We look at the other things. And so we can lay out a church here and we can do that there because we place more value on it. Listen, the rich young ruler found favor with God. It actually says Jesus loved him. And he offers it to him. He gives it to him. And yet when he weighs it out, he doesn't value the favor of God near as much as he values earthly possessions. He doesn't put enough value on it. So he turns and he walks away. And when we have opportunity to be in the house of God or we have opportunity when God calls us to do something for him, how are we any better when we don't make time for it? Because you will make time for your priorities. Period. You always will. He's calling you to his banquet and he wants you to value that opportunity. He wants you to value what is being offered to you tonight. Even though he wants you to value it so much that no matter what other opportunities you have, no matter what is laid at your feet, you can turn from those things and say, I choose his favor. I choose his favor in 2021. You must seek him first. Brother Branham would say, not what men say, not what the church said, but what God's will was. Oh, we need to seek the will of God, not the favor of your neighbor, not the favor of your children, not the favor of your husband or your wife. But seek the will of God and do that first. Then everything else, the will of the wife and the will of the children will fall right in with it. But put God first. So as we sit here and look ahead, I ask you, what are you seeking in 2021? What are you gaining or, or giving up when you choose to pursue your desires, even when those desires conflict with your walk as a Christian? When they conflict with obeying the word, Vashti. When they conflict regularly with being in the house of God, Vashti. Listen, Vashti's sin was not having a banquet. There was, there, there was no sin in that. The sin isn't making plans. The sin isn't having ambitions. The sin isn't going to college. The sin isn't doing something you like or having a career. There, there's, there's no sin in that. The sin is placing her will over his will. Right? The, the sin is placing her desires over his desires. The sin is when he called, she didn't drop everything and answer because he was her king. He was her husband and he had chosen her. The sin isn't pursuing things in this world. The sin is pursuing those when it takes away from your opportunity to be in God's favor. She placed him second and showed his favor was not a priority to her. Hello, church attendance. Hello, prayer life. Hello, devotions. You will make time for what is important to you. You will make time for your priorities. I just couldn't make it. That's because you didn't make it a priority. God wants you available to do his will. Listen, down through the ages, he has shown his power in every age. Down through the church ages, he's shown his power. And it's been majestic. It's been wonderful. An awesome banquet, as it were. But now towards the end, he wants to show off his queen. Hallelujah. He wants to let everyone look upon her beauty, 
upon what His grace has done for her. He wants people to see her in all her glory, in all her beauty. And yet He's finding people too busy to come. Too busy to come to the feast. I tell you, what about a banquet of worship that he calls us to every time we gather together on Sunday and Wednesday? What about that when we're gathered to a banquet of worship and he comes by expecting a fresh drink of water? Listen, he can't get it in other places. He can't get it at the denominational churches. He can't get it in all these places that has wiggle tails in it. So he's here to get a fresh drink of worship. And so he shows up at our church and he begins to move through our congregation longing to find that fresh drink here. Longing to find somebody who will praise him in spirit and in truth. Longing to find somebody that will give him everything. Longing to find somebody that don't care what those around them think. Longing to find somebody that will worship with their whole heart because they love him so much for what he's done in their life. Because he's saved them and he's healed them and he's delivered them and he's given his life. He's looking for somebody that will worship him with their whole heart. With their heart, with their soul, with their mind, with everything. And he comes by. And he moves here and he calls you to his banquet of worship and says, pour out your praise. Give me all you've got and I'll pour my favor out upon you. I'll pour out my spirit upon you. I'll bestow gifts upon you. I'll show everyone here that I love you as I move down upon you as you worship me. But you can't enter into the banquet of worship because you're too busy at your own self-styled banquet. Well, that's just not my nature. And you're stuck at the banquet of not my nature and you're missing out on the blessings he wants to give you. You're missing out on everything you want to do. because Why is it not your nature to accept what God wants to put on you? Somebody explain that to me. Why is it not your nature to turn down the gifts that God put in his word? How is that not your nature? Look, I'm not trying to get us all to worship the same. Just worship. The king of kings moves through the building. The king of kings, the one that died for you, remember? He moves through the building and nothing. And you don't, I'm not asking you to yell and scream, but how hard is it to say, I love you, Lord? How hard is it to sing along? Well, I don't like that song. Well, he probably didn't like nails in his hands and feet, but he did it for you. I'll sing the next song. He's done passed you by. You choose not to enter in. And just like Vashti, you know it's unpleasing to him. Well, Brother Aaron, how should I worship? However the Holy Spirit moves you to. Quit being a spiritual fire extinguisher. Quit trying to put the brakes on everything. And, and the little spark breaks out. So you're, they almost shouted on my pew. Woo! Would have woke my kids up. <laughs> How should I worship? Brother Brown gives a good explanation. You don't care what the neighbor's going to say. You don't care if you shout, you speak with tongues, or whatever you do. It's past that. You took God at his word. You don't care for criticism. You lost all your devil-made, homemade, intellectual society called prestige. The thing that you want is favor with God. You don't care what the Holy Spirit causes you to do. Shout, scream, cry, ball, or anything you want to do. Anything the Spirit puts on you, you do it because you just don't care. Don't care. 
I'm not picking on Brother Joe, but I don't know if you've ever noticed. He don't care. He don't care. I don't care. And you shouldn't care what I think. You shouldn't. If the Holy Spirit moves upon you, just worship. Just let go. Just give him a fresh drink. Just say, Lord, all I want is your favor. I don't care if everybody else here thinks I'm crazy. Listen, we're all crazy. I mean, just ask people out there. You think you're going to get some greater prestige just because you didn't run around the church in a church full of people that run around the church? That's it. You are what you are. You might as well join us. You might as well come and have a good time. You might as well come and let loose. You might as well come and praise the King of Kings because I'm telling you, He deserves it. He deserves your praise. He deserves your worship. He deserves everything that you could possibly give Him. Brother Aaron, I have His favor. Yes, you do. And so did Vashti for a time. So did Luther's move for a time. So did Wesley's move for a time. So did Pentecost. But she became so used to being queen, she forgot what made her royalty was the unmerited grace and favor of the king. She lost the sense of wonder and amazement that being in the king's presence used to bring. Church, we are blessed beyond measure with the services that we have and the moving of the Spirit. Do not lose your amazement and your wonder when the Spirit of God moves through the place. Don't let it become common to you. Don't let it be, oh, she's shouting again. Don't let it get to that point to where we get called to the banquet and we just don't go because we had a banquet like this Wednesday. We had a banquet just like this on Sunday. I'd like to have one every time we come to church. If God chooses to move that way, I'm, I'm there. I want to be a part of it. But it becomes so common to us. So now the royal crown and all that goes with it is to be placed on another. One who would give him his proper place. One who would always desire and seek his favor. Brother Branham says, I'm poor. That's true. God knows that's true. That's right. If I took the money been offered to me, I'd been a multimillionaire. But I'd rather be poor and have favor with God than the best home you got in Toledo. That's right. I'd rather have it because this is my work to serve God. That's what's in my heart. What's in our heart tonight? What favor are we seeking? Brother Aaron, this is a little bit different from the way you usually preach. Why are you being so hard? Because there's Hamans in the land. There's Hamans in the land, and their one desire is to wipe out the royal seed of Abraham. To come and to destroy you, to come and to wipe you off, and there must be somebody seeking favor with the king. There must be somebody seeking entrance into the king's presence. There must be somebody who is on speaking terms with the king that will be willing to stand up and expose the enemy before the enemy destroys you. Haman's in the land and he wants to destroy you and somebody is favored to speak in this last day. Listen, the denominations can't do it. They've already been stripped of their right to speak. The denominations can't do it. Well then, Brother Aaron, who can go into the king? Who's going to do it? You are. You're going to do it. You're going to be the one that goes into the king, but you must be on speaking terms with him in order to go in and speak with him. 
You must be on speaking terms. You must be in favor. You must cherish it and long for it and seek for it and be on speaking terms to where when it comes up, when trouble hits, he is an ever-present help in the time of need because you're already on speaking terms with him. You must be on speaking terms. Brother Branham says, if you need life, speak to the rock. I take this for myself tonight. If you need joy, speak to the rock. If you need healing, speak to the rock. If you need the Holy Ghost, speak to the rock. Whatever you need, speak to the rock and he will bring forth his waters. Do you believe that? What the church needs tonight is to get back on speaking terms with the rock. The rock of ages, Christ Jesus. God's smitten rock, that's God's rock. It's the salvation of God. That's still our commandment tonight. Whatever we have need of, speak to the rock and use the name of the rock and God will bring forth his waters out of that rock. Glory. Whatever you have need of tonight, you got to speak to the rock. He says, so it's good to know God. Find God. Get on speaking terms with him while there's nothing wrong. Then in the time of trouble, he's a very present help in the time of trouble. Vashti didn't think she had to find the king's will or find the king's favor. She didn't think she had to obey certain parts of the word. Esther 1.19 If it pleased the king, let there go a royal commandment from him and let it be written among the laws of the Persians and the Medes that it not be altered. That Vashti come no more before King Ahasuerus. And let the king give her royal estate unto another that is better than she. What you see here is a casting out. A spewing out, as it were there in the book of Revelation. She has lost the right to come before the king. She has lost her position of favor. Therefore, she has lost her right to speak with the authority of the king. She is no longer on speaking terms. Just like we see this stripped away from the Laodicean church in Revelation 3.16. They will not speak for him anymore. They have lost their right to come before the king and to speak with his name and use his authority. They will come no more before the king. And sure, this speaks of the church and then their position and their authority and, and, and what God has done with them. When they quit seeking his favor, when they became lukewarm, they would no longer be his mouthpiece. And that does speak of the church, but what about you tonight? What about your ability to speak? What about your position as an individual to stand and speak and your words have authority? Your words have life. Your words have mountain moving power. What about your ability to speak? What about this bride in this day that has put his favor above all else? Listen, it wasn't just Vashti losing a position. There was somebody else rising to a position. It wasn't her just being stripped of authority, but someone else was having that authority bestowed upon their lives. There was another one who found favor. It's not just that the church lost authority, but the bride has gained that authority to speak. Vashti is cast out and loses her position and the call goes out into the land to find a bride for the king. So all the young virgins in the kingdom are gathered to the palace at Shushan. And we look now at Esther 2 and 15. Now when the turn of Esther, the daughter of Abihel, the uncle of Mordecai, who had taken her for his daughter, was come to go in unto the king, she required nothing but what Haggai, the king's chamberlain, the keeper of women appointed. 
And Esther obtained favor in the sight of all them that looked upon her. So Esther was taken unto King Ahasuerus into his house royal in the tenth month, which is the month Tebeth in the seventh year of his reign. And the king loved Esther above all the women. Notice, he loves her. She obtains grace and favor in his sight more than all the virgins. So she already knows she's favored. So that he sets the royal crown upon her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. Notice she finds favor from everyone. Everyone that looks upon her favors her. The king loves her. The king chooses her. She obtains grace and favor in the sight of the king. The royal crown is set upon her head. So at this point, she is sitting exactly where Vashti sat. She has progressed no further or achieved anything, nothing greater than what Vashti has achieved. Vashti had once been favored. She had once had the authority to speak. But the difference is Esther knows there is nothing that she has done that has made her royalty. She knows that the only reason she's there is the unmerited grace and the unmerited favor of the king. And that it's the king that has chose her to sit there. It's his will that makes her the queen. And so she has this understanding that she must continually seek his favor. If we continue on in the book of Esther, Haman comes on the scene 12 years into the reign of King Ahasuerus, which would mean that we first encounter him in the scripture five years into their marriage or five years into Esther being queen because she in, uh, was chosen by King Ahasuerus in the seventh year of his reign. So if you'll notice, before Haman shows up, there has been a time period that has passed since her choosing. A period of time has passed since she was called by a message that was sent out to find a bride for the king. And although she has remained mostly in the background, although she has remained mostly in the shadows, the time is fast approaching now for her to speak. The time is fast approaching for her to rise to the occasion. And whether you realize it or not, the time for you to speak is fast approaching upon us. You may have been in the shadows. You may have been in the background, not out in the forefront. But the time is fast approaching that the bride must come to the forefront and once again speak using the authority that has been granted her by her position. The time for you to take your position and take the word and speak life to your situation is here. It's no longer something we can put off till tomorrow. It's no longer we can say one day, one day, one day. That day has arrived. The time for John 14, 12 is now. The time for you to speak to your mountain is now. The time is right now. That's why, uh, th listen, you say, but it's such a dark time. You mean right now? Look, that's the very reason Esther was even there, was because of the dark time. For such a time as this, that's why she was there. And that's why you're here in this time, the worst time. So that manifested sons and daughters could rise to the occasion and speak to the mountain and the mountain will have to be cast into the sea. Where they can speak to sickness and there'll be healing. Where they can speak to those that are bound and there'll be deliverance. So they can speak under the anointing of the Holy Spirit and in that moment find the right words to find favor and bring salvation to a lost loved one. That's why we're here in this time. It's to be manifested the position that he called us to. Where you'll speak to mountains and they'll move. But we have to stay on speaking terms. Because our time to speak is upon us. 
Sure, 2020 seemed dark. But what about the year Esther faced in 474 B.C.? You know anything about that? That was a dark year. 474 B.C. is when Haman begins to try to exterminate an entire race of people. Wicked Haman has come to power in the world that they live in. 474 B.C. Stop for just a moment, moment and go here. Before we move on to 2021, there's still time. Deal with your 2020 devils. Before we go into the next year, deal with the devils that have been tormenting you and holding you and bothering you right now. Don't carry them with you another minute. Don't carry them with you another night. Don't carry them with you into another year. Look, don't procrastinate. Don't hesitate to do all that the Word has told you to do. Do not show any leniency to a devil that has tormented you or tormented your family. If you need to deal with it, deal with it tonight. Right? Because if you don't deal with it tonight and if you let it carry on and you procrastinate, you're going to wake up in 2021 with the same devil of torment that's been there all along. You can turn over all the new leaves you want to turn over, and every time you turn over, there's going to be a devil going, boo. You've got to deal with it right now. Quit putting it off. I will. I will. This is just who I am. It's not who you are. All right? That temper is not who you are. That complex is not who you are. If we would hold to God's promises as tight as we hold on to our complexes and hold on to those promises as tight as we hold on to family traits, we would be getting somewhere tonight. Let loose of those things and grab a hold of God's promise and say in 2021, things will be different. Not because I'm making a New Year's resolution, but because I'm committing it to Almighty God tonight. I'm putting it into His hands right now. If temper has hindered you, deal with it. If lust has hindered you, deal with it. If bitterness is eating you up, deal with it. If unforgiveness is in your heart, deal with it. If you have a critical spirit, deal with it. You know, Brother Brown said it is not possible to have favor with God and have a critical spirit. It's not possible to have favor with God and have a critical spirit. Deal with things now. Why are you saying this, Brother Aaron? Look in Esther 3 and 1. After these things did King Ahasuerus promote Haman, the son of Hamaditha the Agagite, and advanced him and set his seat above all the princes that were with him. Haman the Agagite. Okay, big deal. What are you trying to say? Haman is a direct descendant of the Amalekites, that Saul was told to completely destroy and even carries the name of their king, Agag. So he is known as an Agagite. Jewish writings say that the leniency shown by Saul to King Agag actually made it possible for Haman to appear because had he been killed one day sooner or the day that he was supposed to be killed, the great peril which the Jews had to undergo at the hands of Haman would have been completely averted. Because it was in that time that Agag's lineage was able to continue and led directly to Haman just by Saul's procrastination. Samuel shows up and says he hewed him to pieces, but he was a day late because Saul didn't do what he was called to do. You keep letting that little thing you've been called to destroy grow. 
You keep letting that little thing grow and fester and not deal with it. And one day it's going to show up to destroy not only you, but your family and your lineage and take them all out of the house of God. Those little things that you, it, look, they, they do more than make you miss church. It's going to make you miss a rapture is what it's going to do. Deal with things. Deal with things now. Take care of it. Don't carry it into a new year. Let the new year be a year where you're fresh and clean and ready to serve God with your whole heart. Deal with those things now that they don't crop up in some later generation. This is the one who Saul was supposed to destroy. They're not even supposed to be facing this situation. And everyone reverences him. Everyone bows to Haman. Except one. Verse 5, chapter 3, verse 5. And when Haman saw that Mordecai bowed not, nor did him reverence, then was Haman full of wrath. I like it any time the devil gets full of wrath. That means I've done something right. And he thought to scorn to lay hands on Mordecai alone. For they had showed him the people of Mordecai. Wherefore Haman sought to destroy all the Jews that were throughout the whole kingdom of Ahasuerus. Even the people of Mordecai. Now what I love about this is God intended for Saul to destroy the Amalekites. He was called for it. He was called to do it. He was ordained to do it. He was the one that was supposed to do it. They had been a thorn in Israel's side ever since they crossed the Red Sea. They are considered Israel's first enemy. The first enemy to, to come against them in war. But Saul had failed to carry it out. And now here stands a direct descendant of the Amalekites. Once again, not just a thorn in the side, but there to completely and utterly destroy them. And who is it that refuses to bow down? Who is it, Brother Joe? It's Mordecai. Mordecai refuses to bow down. Why is that such a big deal, Brother Aaron? Go back to chapter 2, verse 5. Now in Shushan the palace there was a certain Jew whose name was Mordecai, the son of Jer, the son of Shimei, the son of Kish, a Benjamite. You may not remember this, but Saul's father was Kish. So here's God coming back around saying, your father may not have done it. But I'm giving you, Mordecai, the opportunity in this year to be a cycle breaker. I'm giving you the opportunity to do what maybe your daddy couldn't do and your mama couldn't do and other churches couldn't do and your brothers maybe couldn't do. But I believe you'll do it. I'm going to give you an opportunity right now to be a cycle breaker, to destroy those curses that have followed your family, to destroy those spirits that have followed your family. I'm giving you the opportunity right now to be a cycle breaker, to cast it down and say, this won't hinder me one more day. This won't hinder me one more hour. This will not go with me until the new year. He's given you the opportunity. Saul didn't do it, but you can, Mordecai. You have the opportunity tonight to deal with it. It's up to you to say, my kids won't have to fight this. This won't come up in another generation. As a matter of fact, Satan, I'm here to do what we're supposed to do a long time ago. And that's take your head off. Your lineage of torment, your lineage of pain, your lineage of coming down upon the people of God is over tonight because we are cycle breakers. Maybe others failed to stand. Maybe other churches lost the right to speak for them. Maybe others bowed to the pressures of the age. But you won't bend. You won't bow. You're a cycle breaker. 
You've determined in your heart they can heat the furnace seven times hotter. He can throw a 20-20 at me. I don't care. I'm not giving up. I'm not backing down. I'm not giving in. It ends tonight. It ends tonight. Because listen, when the bride leaves this earth, there won't be one devil that wasn't defeated. We're not like Saul. We ain't leaving one behind to prop up at some other time. It's going to be dealt with before we leave here, and we will leave victorious. Oh, how Haman hated that guy. He hated that guy. Mordecai. So he develops a scheme to destroy all the Jews. You talk about hard times. 474 B.C. was a hard time. Esther 3.13. And the letters were sent by post into all the king's provinces to destroy, to kill, and to cause to perish. All Jews, both young and old, little children, women, in one day. Even upon the 13th day of the 12th month, which is the month Adar, and to take the spoil of them for a prey. What we see here is a biblical holocaust about to happen. You know, we were taught that spirits don't die. They just pass on. And we see the very same spirit that would one day anoint a man named Hitler and try to wipe out the Jews in the 1900s here upon Haman. Not only that, but an entire nation became anointed. Germany to where the people did awful things. And you see that same thing when you read the scripture. This isn't Haman going around killing these people. It's just him putting out a decree that they all be killed. And the country comes under that same anointing and they're going to do it. They're going to wipe them out. It's the exact same thing that we saw in this day. I'm going to skip a little bit of this and summarize. We know that he hates Mordecai and he wants to destroy him. And he comes to visit the king. And if you've read... He comes in thinking that the king wants to honor him, Haman. And the king asks him, he says, what should I do for the man that I want to honor? What should I do for the man that I, that I want to, to, to glory? Pardon me. I'm going to skip back. Mordecai learns of his plot. And Mordecai finds out all that's happened unto him. And, and, he, and he says, And the sum of money that Haman had promised to pay to the king's treasury for the Jews to destroy them. And we're in chapter 4 and verse 12. And he's telling Esther that she must go into the king and she must speak. And they told, in verse 12, and they told to Mordecai Esther's words because she's saying, I can't go in. If I go in, I'll be killed. It's very possible that he won't extend the scepter to me. Verse 13, Then Mordecai commanded to Esther, Think not... With thyself, that thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to Jews from another place. In other words, we're God's people. God will deliver us. There will come a deliverance. But don't think you're going to escape just because you sit back and hold your peace. Don't think that you're going to get away just because you choose not to say something. He says, but thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this. And I tell you, in the day that we're living in right now, Satan's going about killing all that he can kill. Destroying all that he can destroy. There's cancer, there's COVID, there's wickedness, there's sin, there's pornography. There's all kind of things on every hand. And don't think for a minute that if you just sit back and don't say nothing, you just sit back and mind your business, it's going to pass your house by. If I just sit back and don't do anything, the devil's going to leave me alone. If I say nothing, don't think this decree won't affect your house. 
It will come and it will destroy your home. It will destroy your children just like it will everybody else's. Listen, God's people will be delivered. He will find a source of deliverance. But don't think you can sit back and avoid this plague just because you're not going to say anything. But listen, you are on speaking terms with the king. You have been called for such a time as this. You must go into the king. You were placed here and you were given this message for this very time. You can't just sit back and say, maybe it won't affect me. It will affect you. It will come for your children. It will come for your marriage. So you might as well come out. You say, well, it may be death to go in. It's death not to go in. It's death not to go in. Brother Branham talked about the angels guarding the tree of life and keeping people away. He said, but now those same angels are pushing you in, pushing you into the king, pushing you in to speak to him because you must be on speaking terms. Chapter 5, verse 1. Now it came to pass on the third day that Esther put on her royal apparel and stood in the inner court of the king's house over against the king's house. And the king sat upon his royal throne in the royal house over against the gate of the house. And it was so when he saw, when the king saw Esther, the queen standing in the court, that she obtained favor in his sight. And the king held out to Esther the golden scepter that was in his hand. So Esther drew near and touched the top of the scepter. Then said the king unto her, What wilt thou, Queen Esther? Just hold it right there. What wilt thou, Queen Esther? Can you see right here why Satan doesn't want you to recognize your favor? Can't you see why he doesn't want you to go into the king? Listen, hear, hear this for yourself right now. Hear this for yourself as you have an audience with the king. Hear this scripture for you, for yourself, and apply it to yourself from Almighty God. What wilt thou, Queen Esther? And what is thy request? It shall be even given thee to half of the kingdom. You've moved beyond just finding favor. You've moved beyond just being favored, but now you are favored to speak. She took the step that Vashti never took. She came in to the king and now she's taken a step further. She now has a chance, the opportunity to speak. What the, the church lost, the bride has gained. Listen, he has never been without a mouthpiece. God has never been without a mouthpiece. And somebody in this day is going to take the word and put it upon their lips and begin to speak with authority. He will not be without a mouthpiece in this day either. Brother Branham says, Revelation 10, 7. And in the days of the voice of the seventh messenger, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God shall be finished as he hath declared to his servants the prophets. There it is. He is sending a vindicated prophet. He is sending a prophet after almost 2,000 years. He is sending someone who is so far from organization, education, and the world of religion that as John the Baptist and Elijah of old, he will hear only from God, and he will have thus saith the Lord and speak for God. He will be God's mouthpiece. And as it is declared in Malachi 4, 6, will turn the hearts of the children back to the fathers. He will bring back the elect of the last day. And they will hear a vindicated prophet and give the exact truth as it was with Paul. Now listen, he will restore the truth as they had it. And those elect with him in that day will be the ones who manifest the Lord and be his body and be his voice and perform his works. Hallelujah. He said the Lutherans spoke for God at that time, but they organized. And again, the pure word was lost. For organization tends towards dogma, creeds, and not simple word. They could no longer speak for God. 
Then God sent Wesley, and he was the voice with the word in his day. The people who took his revelation from God became the living epistles read and known of all men for their generation. When the Methodists fell, God raised up others. And so it has gone on through the years until this last day. There is again another people in the land who under their messenger will be the final voice to the final age. He said the church is no longer the mouthpiece of God. It is its own mouthpiece. So God is turning on her. He will confound her through the prophet and the bride for the voice of God will be in her. Oh, would to God the church were cold or hot. Best of all, she should be fervent, but she's not. Sentence has been passed. She is no longer God's voice to the world. She will maintain that she is, but God says not. Oh, God still has a voice for the people of the world, even as he has given a voice to the little bride. The voice is in the bride. The voice is in the bride. And so we must come to the place where we use that voice, where we stand with authority because we're on speaking terms and we speak to our mountains. We speak to the things that are hindering us. Chapter five, verse four. And Esther answered, if it seems good unto the king. Notice her attitude. She's already received favor. She's already been given permission to speak. If it seem good unto the king, let the king and Haman come this day unto the banquet that I have prepared for him. Then the king said, Cause Haman to make haste, that he may do as Esther has said. So the king and Haman came to the banquet that Esther had prepared. And the king said unto Esther at the banquet of wine, What is thy petition? And it shall be granted thee. What is thy request? Even to the half of the kingdom, and it shall be performed. Then answered Esther and said, My petition and my request is, Look once again. If I have found favor in thy sight of the king, and if it please the king to grant my petition and to perform my request, let the king and Haman come to the banquet that I shall prepare for them, and I will do it tomorrow as the king has said. Notice time after time after time Esther would say, if I have found favor. But she's already been told she's favored. But Lord, if I found favor today, Lord, if it pleases you right now, Lord, I want to be in your will today. I know you chose me. We've been married five years. I know you, you, you told me yesterday I had your favor. But today, Lord, if I found favor, she's staying on speaking terms. Because she wants what he wants. And this is how she stays in favor. This is how she stays on speaking terms. Brother Branham would say, find favor before you ask for a favor. Find favor before you ask for a favor. And this is why we seek his favor daily, even though we already have had it bestowed upon us. Esther 5 and 9, and we're going to go through these pretty quickly as I try to bring this down. Then went Haman forth that day joyful and with a glad heart. But when Haman saw Mordecai in the king's gate, that he stood not up nor moved for him, he was full of indignation against Mordecai. Nevertheless, Haman refrained himself, and when he came home, he sent and called for his friends and Zeresh, his wife. And Haman told them of the glory of his riches and the multitude of his children and all the things wherein the king had promoted him and how he had advanced him above the princes and the servants of the king. Haman said, Moreover, yea, Esther the queen did let no man come in with the king unto the banquet that she had prepared but myself. And tomorrow I am invited unto her also with the king. Yet... All this availeth me nothing so long as I see Mordecai the Jew sitting at the king's gate. I got to tell you, this actually gives me great joy. 
to know that Satan glories in all that he has accomplished. That Satan glories in this Eden that he has made here upon the earth. That he is so pleased that he holds all the political powers of the world in his hand. That he holds professed Christians and professed churches in his hand. And yet, he says, it gives me no joy because of that group of people sitting there in the king's gate. That group of people that's sitting down there in my Eden ruining it, it gives me no joy. It gives me nothing because they are sitting there and they're ruining it. As long as those people are sitting there, I am tormented. As long as those people are overcoming in Eden, I am tormented. And he says, it availeth me nothing. Satan has accomplished nothing because of you. He has accomplished nothing because every scheme he's brought against you, you've overcome it. He has accomplished nothing because you will not bow and you will not bend. And he says, I have accomplished nothing. Amen. Esther 5, 14. Then says Zeresh his wife and all his friends unto him, let a gallows be made 50 cubits high. And tomorrow speak thou unto the king that Mordecai may be hanged thereon. Then go thou in merrily with the king unto the banquet. And the thing pleased Haman, and he caused the gallows to be made. Then in, verse, in chapter 6, that's where I was telling you earlier where he comes into the court and he thinks the king wants to honor him. And so the king asks him, what should be done to the man that I desire to honor? And he, he tells him all these things that he should do. Oh, you should put your clothes upon him and the crown. and You should put him on your horse and you should lead him through the city and say, this is the man that the king delighteth in. Because he's thinking it's going to happen to him. But what he doesn't know is the king has found that, that Mordecai had never been rightfully recognized for his deeds that had saved the king's life. And he says, well, do all that you've said and go do it unto Mordecai. And so we pick up this story in chapter 6, verse 11. Then took Haman the apparel and the horse and arrayed Mordecai and brought him on the horseback through the street of the city and proclaimed before him, Thus shall it be done unto the man whom the king delighteth to honor. And Mordecai came again to the king's gate. But Haman hastened to his house mourning and having his head covered. The devil went home like a dog with his tail between his legs. He was whooped. And, Morde and Haman told Jairus his wife and all his friends everything that had befallen him. Then said his wise men and Jairus, his wife, unto him. Now listen to this. I love this. If Mordecai be of the seed of the Jews before thou hast begun to fall... Thou shalt not prevail against him, but shall surely fall before him. His own wife tells him, you're doomed. You stand no chance. There's no way you're going to defeat it. Look, I really hope there's some smart mouth little devil sitting down in hell right now that always tells the devil, no, that plan ain't going to work either. That <laughs> you done tried for, for all these years. And let me, what, what, what's it got you? Yo, you don't understand this time I got him. You don't know the plans I have for them. You don't know the gallows I have built for them. You don't know the struggles that's facing them. Ain't going to work. It's not going to work. Because if they be of that royal seed of Abraham, if they be of that seed, the one that conquered you, the one that defeated you, if they be of that seed, you will fall before them. You've already started to fall before them. You will not conquer. You will not overcome. But they will conquer you. They will overcome you. If they be of that seed, you don't stand a chance. And while they were yet talking with him, came the king's chamberlains and hastened to bring Haman into the banquet that Esther had prepared. 
We're bringing this to a close now as we go to Esther chapter 7 and verse 1. Why must we stay on speaking terms? Because you may only get one chance at it. You may only get one shot at it. Don't miss your chance. Be ready to speak. Be ready to go in. Be ready to expose him. Because exposing always brings victory. So the king and Haman came to banquet with Esther the queen. And the king said again unto Esther on the second day at the banquet of wine, What is thy petition, Queen Esther? And it shall be granted thee. And what is thy request? And it shall be performed even to half the kingdom. This is it. This is the moment. The only way at this point that Haman can survive is if Esther backs out. Is if Esther gets scared. If Esther begins to worry, am I worthy? Am I prayed up? Can I speak it? Am I good enough? Look to the atonement. Look to the atonement. Look to the worthy lamb. Look, the only way he can continue to torment, the only way you will not be victorious in this moment is if you remain silent. Oh, but I've been such a failure in 2020, brother Aaron. I, I, I got my eyes on the wrong things. I can't go in. Esther, it's time to speak. But I've been going through a lot of things. I'm not sure I can do it. Esther! It's time to speak. It's time to speak right now, Esther. What if he rejects me? What, what, what if he rejects me when I go and he's not going to reject you? He's, not gonna, he's already told you you're favored. He's already told you you're favored to speak. He already told you that you would be the mouthpiece in this day. Speak, Esther. Now is the time to speak. There's no tomorrow. There's no other age we can put this off to. We can't keep putting these things off to age after age. This is the age. This is the day. This is the year. This is the moment right now. Speak, Esther. Then Esther the queen answered and said, If I have found favor in thy sight, O king, and if it please the king, let my life be given me at my petition and my people at my request. For we are sold, I and my people, to be destroyed, to be slain, and to perish. But if we had been sold for bondmen and bondwomen, I had held my tongue. Although the enemy could not countervail the king's damage, then King Ahasuerus answered and said unto Esther the queen, Who is he, and where is he, that durst presume in his heart to do so? And Esther said, The adversary and the enemy is this wicked Haman. Then Haman was afraid before the king and the queen. Listen, you've been granted an audience with the king tonight. You've been granted an audience tonight. And you've been under attack. And you know what's been tormenting you. And you know what's been bothering you. Expose him. Expose him. Don't back out. Don't walk away. Don't carry that thing out of here this year. Don't carry it to another year. Expose him right now. There's still time. Who is that enemy? You know his name. You know his name. Tell the Lord what his name is. You know what that anxiety is. You know what that fear is. You know what that depression is. Expose him right now. Expose and speak his name to the king. Don't let him walk in. The only way you stay tormented, the only way you don't win is if you remain silent. The only way is if you choose not to speak. Why sit there until you die? Why sit there until your joy is robbed? Why sit there until you have no peace? Why sit there until your family is robbed away from you? Speak, Esther. Speak, Esther. Take it in the name of Jesus and speak. Call him out. You have found favor tonight. You have been favored to speak. It's your age. It's your time. You are here for such a time as this. Church, life is in your words. And death is in your silence. Life is in our words and death is in our silence. In 2021, speak the word. In 2021, go forward and expose your enemies. 
Look, he doesn't want you to speak. He wants you to remain silent. He wants you to remain bashful. He wants you to step back because he knows when you speak, he stands no chance. When you speak, he is defeated. When you speak, mountains move. When you speak and hold on to the word, the prodigal's coming home. When you speak, cancer's healed. When you speak, alopecia's healed. When you speak, brain bleeds stop. When you speak, miracles happen. When you speak, the Red Sea opens up. Why cry? Speak tonight. You're on speaking terms. You've been favored. Speak to him. If not now, when? If not you, then who? Who's going to do it? You got to go to the king tonight. Speak what you have need of, then stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Then what? The gallows. Not for you. You get eternal life. You get the kingdom. You get all that you have need of. He is the one found guilty. He is the one that goes to the gallows. Verse 9, in Harbonnet. One of the chamberlains said before the king, Behold also the galleys fifty gallows fifty cubits high, which Haman had made for Mordecai, who had spoken good for the king, standeth in the house of Haman. And then, Haman, and then the king said, Hang him thereon. So they hanged Haman on the gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai. Then was the king's wrath pacified. Haman was trying to destroy someone who had found favor with the king. But once she realized, church, how to operate that favor, Haman didn't stand a chance. Once you realize I'm favored, I'm called, and it's just up to me to speak. That devil of torment stands no chance against you. Listen, that's just the beginning. That's just the beginning. We've run out of time. That's just the beginning because it's in the unveiling. It's in the exposing that the victory comes. The exposing brings victory because it's in the following chapters that the king allows the Jews to go out and fight against their enemies. And in one day, they kill 75,000 of those that would have killed them. And then the next day, they hang not just Haman, but they finish the job Saul didn't. They hang all of Haman's sons. It's in the exposing that the victory comes. It's 2021. It's time for you to start speaking and then look for victories to come. Look for a series of victories. It shall be walk in victory, talk in victory, speak your victory, rise to the occasion and speak because it's what you have been called to do. It is time to speak. Brother Branham says this. God will do anything in here if you want him to do it. Do you believe it? Are you on speaking terms with him? If you are, stand to your feet right now and speak to the rock. And the rock will bring forth his waters. If you're on speaking terms with him tonight, will you stand to your feet with him? Will you stand to your feet and speak to the rock and thank him for what he's done in 2020? Thank him for what he's done in your life. Thank you for the miracles. Thank you for the healings. Lord, if I haven't, if I haven't lived right, if I'm not on speaking terms, Lord, I repent of that right now. I want to be on speaking terms with you, Lord. Lord, I want to be able to speak to the rock because I know when I do, it'll give forth this life-giving waters. When I speak to the rock, I know I can, I can be saved and my family can be saved. When I'm willing to be on speaking terms, lay down my thoughts, lay down my, my, my ideas and lay down my ambitions and say, Lord, I just want to be on speaking terms with you tonight. Lord, I want to make the decision in 2021 to sell out more than I ever have before. Lord, I want it all. I want to accept it all. Oh, don't just let those be words. Are you ready for revival to break out in your home this year? Are you ready for revival to break out in your heart this year? Are you still stuck at a banquet of your own making? 
Are you still? He's inviting you to his banquet. He's inviting you to give you more than he's ever given you before and reveal more than he's ever revealed before. The Lord wants to give you so much because you have found favor. But he's looking for a people who once again will say, Lord, be it unto me. Lord, I'll leave my banquet. I'll leave my ideas behind and I'm coming to your banquet tonight. I'm coming to worship with you tonight in 2021. Lord, I want to go all the way. Even in like tabernacle, we must go all the way. We can't leave out this part that we don't like and leave out that part. Oh, the church lost favor because it strayed away from the word. The only way we're going to find favor is back to the word again. Back to all of it again. Back to the parts that are uncomfortable. Back to the parts that seem hard. But it's the word. It's your inheritance. We can't leave any of it out. You are favored to speak, little bride. You can't keep silent now. Seek his will in 2021. Seek his favor in 2021. And watch him say, what is thy petition? What is thy petition? The kingdom is yours. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you tonight. Lord, seeking your will. Seeking your favor. Lord God, may we be cycle breakers in the year to come. Lord, anything that's been a cycle in our own lives, in our family lives, Lord, whatever it may be, may we break those cycles. May they hinder us no more. May we throw everything down and get them underneath our feet, Lord, for we know the train is in the blocks. It's rapture time. It's going home time. Lord, I know there's Hamans in the land that would want to destroy this bride, want to destroy the seed of Abraham. But there is a people who have been commissioned to speak. There is a people who have found favor to speak. And there is a people who will rise to the occasion and will go in and they will expose the enemy. They will speak life over their family. They will speak mountain moving power in every situation that they face because they're called for such a time as this. Amen. Lord, if we've fallen short and if we're not on speaking terms tonight, Lord, forgive us, Lord Jesus. Lord, any shortcoming, any failure, any place, Lord. Lord, help us to draw closer to you more than ever before. Not just a New Year's resolution, Lord Jesus. Lord, for that's just a turn of a page on a calendar. But may there be real, true, eternal changes made in hearts and lives. Because we allow the word to come in and change us, Father. Lord, that is our desire tonight. Lord, to seek you with our whole heart in 2021. To be on speaking terms in 2021. So within our opportunity will arise, we can speak. And we can stand still and watch you move on our behalf. Thank you tonight for your presence, Lord. Thank you for seeing us through this year. And Lord God, we're just going to trust you even more in the coming year, Father. In Jesus' name, we pray all these things. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes. How many feels that way tonight? Amen. God, you've commissioned the people in this last day to be on speaking terms. Let me be on speaking terms. Use my voice. Use my life. Use me. I've been highly favored. I've been called for this day, for this time. Let's just worship God for a few minutes. Here as we come to this end of the service right now. I need more of you. I need more of you. That's the way it's got to be. I 
think about what you're singing I want you to think about what we're pledging as we sing I need more of you that's the way it's got to be Lord I, I, I've got to have a more consecrated walk more consecrated life than what I had even in 220 I want to in this new year to come leave behind all those wasted hours and minutes we can waste so much and young people you know what I'm talking about the hours that you spend 
the game boys that you put away you know that you got convicted of and evil spirits had taken you and you had a great burning and yet you bring them right things right back in your life again you let those idols come back when jacob would go into the land he would say to his his wife and his, and his children so i want, to, want you to give me all your earrings and all of that things that you've had that you carried out i want you to give me all the gods and he took them there and he left them they left them under the tree there walked away behind them we need to leave some things behind in this old year let's leave our pride our ambitions things that would be ungodly that it isn't right things are where we have wasted hours and minutes you'll never get those back when you waste them you never get them back but let's consecrate that time to God say Lord I want to be more yours more yours amen they're yours now from the start to the finish I just want more of you Lord I need more of That's the way it's got to be. I need more of you. Till there's no room left to me. All those wasted hours and Start to the finish. I need more of you in me, Lord. I need you right now, Lord. I need. Talk it over with him now. Lord, I need you right now. Right now. Lord, I need you right now. I want all of my life. now just talk it over with you now yes Lord I need you right now right now Lord I need you right now I want all 
need you right now and make me more like thee. Jesus, make me more like thee and give me a heart. That's filled with love and make me more like thee. Just sing it again to now. Oh, make me more like thee. Jesus, make me more like thee. A heart that's filled with love and make me more like me. What about his mercy to his mercy? Rewrote my life. Oh God, mercy. Sing it once more. Yes, it's mercy. Mercy rewrote my life. Oh, mercy rewrote my life. I should have fallen my soul. I think a real, a real good service in this service, a good song to sing tonight is after hearing a message like this, whatever it takes for my will to break, whatever it takes to be closer to you, Lord, I want it. I'm asking for it. I'm asking, Lord. Don't let nothing hinder me. The hindrances of the past, the demons of the past year, the troubles of the past year. Let's get the monkey off her back. 
Let's go out into a new year free and serving God with, with everything. Give it 100% of full surrender. Amen. Oh, whatever it takes now. Oh, whatever it takes to draw closer to you, Lord. That's what I'd be willing to do. Or whatever it takes to be more like you. Without the sun, get through sorrow, 
come in from Brother Marshall James. He was asking prayer for his mom and dad. Um, don't understand the situation at all, but they're looking, searching for their youngest son, Jamie. So let's go to prayer that the Lord will just undertake for this need. And maybe you've got a lost loved one out there. You want to just ask God just to lay a soul on your heart right now as we pray. And you call out their name that there might be deliverance for them. Father, in the name of Jesus, you know all about this need, this situation that we just received prayer requests for. It's an urgent need. Lord, it's about Jamie. He's been a boy that's away from you, lost and don't know you. And he needs you, Lord. He's a prodigal, Lord, that has went out into the world and sinned. Lord, raised in church, sat on the pew, heard the, the messages preached. And at one time, may it served you, Lord, but now, God, he's, he's there adrift. Father, we've been seeing his little wife and children come to church in the last few services. And, Lord, this boy needs you, Father. Now, I pray, dear God, you know where he is. May you, you find him. Lord, whether his mom and dad can find him, you find him. Lord, you talk to his heart, Lord. You turn him around. And, oh, God, for everyone that has a burden on their heart for a lost loved one, we pray, dear God, that you will also deal with them, Lord, in a special way. Bless us this evening as we enjoy a time of fellowship together. And, Lord, the refreshments, we ask your blessings upon it. Each one, Lord, as we fellowship with one another, may we just rejoice in the great things that you have given us and granted us. And Lord, dedicate ourselves to you for, for a closer walk with it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Before we go tonight, let's sing that song. I am determined to hold out to the end. How many's got that determination? I'm not going to quit. I'm not backing up. Amen. But I am determined to hold out to the end. Amen. I believe he's on our side. Amen. Give me the first verse, if you will. When I first found Jesus, something or me stole. Like lightning, it went through me. I 
But those of you that in the mezzanine that needs to slip out, you can be dismissed now as we sing this course again. I am determined to hold out to the end, for Jesus is with me all day.